You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Draft Talk. 6.0 presented by Acme Packing Company. I'm just Mosqueda. I'm here with Tyler Brooks. Save it some people, Tyler. What's up? I could have sworn the last three were 6.0. Again, the more we do this, the more I just lose sense of time. But hey, we're three weeks away by the time this comes out. It's officially April. This is April. This, this is, is April. April. I it's prefer time. this is April to this is March, honestly. I'm excited. Um, I could smell a wide receiver coming around the corner and mark murphy talked about it uh last week at the owners meetings he basically or it wasn't at the owners meetings it was in his uh he he answers five questions at uh packers.com and he basically said you know we have all this draft capital like our wide receiver room isn't going to look the same which is nice to hear i mean it's something that we always assume but like how many times have we gone into a draft and then come out of the draft and be like oh they still haven't really addressed the need because they went like BPA. It seems like wide receiver is still a premium for them. And Leroy Butler's on Twitter talking about, you know, we're, they're going to find someone they're turning over every rock. It might be someone that like, you don't even think is available. So that's, what's interesting to me. Cause I feel like I'd much rather have, even if he's not a superstar, I'd rather have a vet and a rookie than two rookies just cause yeah. uh, I think people need to be prepared. If they bring in a couple of weapons that are like through the draft, that it's going to take like a bit in the season for those guys to actually like figure it out. So you probably will see a lot of Aaron Rodgers screaming at kids until they figure it out. The other thing too, is if it's a vet, he damn near needs to be a star. Right. Like it yeah. can't be one of these short term options, even a guy like Will Fuller. Like I understand, you know, he has some talent and stuff like that. But if he signs a one year contract. There's not that many roster spots in terms yeah. of the wide receivers. Right. So Alan Lazard's going to make it. Randall Cobb is going to make it. Amari Rogers is going to make it. None of those guys really play special teams outside of yeah. uh, Amari being a punt returner. So let's say you draft one rookie, you know, first round pick and you get, you know, a Will Fuller type of vet on a one-year deal. That's five wide receivers. You need a special teamer. That's probably Malik Taylor as it stands today. Mm-hmm. That's six. Are you going to draft another wide receiver and, and keep seven? There's, there's no way in terms yeah. of the roster construction. This is the problem. If you have Fuller and you're in that situation, Malik Taylor is probably not going to be a long-term option. So that's one wide receiver out. Cobb is on a one-year deal. Lazard is on a one-year deal. Fuller is on a hypothetical one-year deal. Now, next oh, offseason, you don't have any of the draft power that you have this year. And your number one wide receiver is the rookie. And your number two wide receiver is Amari Rodgers. So that's, that, that's why it gets to you have to have a start. This has to be a multi-year plan. Yeah, you need a you star and you need him locked up. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, who are the options then? We're talking DK. We're talking Tyler Lockett. Oh, that one's expensive. The one I was hoping for was Stefan Diggs, but he just got locked up. Uh, also, I keep realizing I keep saying locked up, and I realize that can have two connotations. I need a new phrase for massive extensions. So, uh, um, I'm looking at the top wide receivers in the league, and so we got Devontae, he's gone, obviously. Cooper Cup, I don't think he's going to be moved, right? 
Don't think DeAndre so. DeAndre Hopkins don't think he's going to be moved. Tyreek Hill just got a new contract. Diggs just got a new contract. Then it's Keenan Allen, Mike okay. Evans, you know, Keenan. guys guys like that. So Why did I see Keenan Allen the other day? I don't know. It's probably some – it's all smoke at this point. But I, I don't think the Chargers are going to move away from him just because, you know, they, they have Mike Williams, but they still need another wide receiver. I mean, that's kind of been a problem for him. I mean, I guess it, it's really like that. DK, Debo, Terry, like that draft class is the one that's coming up for new money. And that's the one where it's like, if one of the wide receivers get pissed, right. And, and they don't get the money that they want. Um, and obviously, you know, we just saw Diggs get money. So now there's going to be some sort of domino effect there. The Packers were willing to pay Devonta Adams money. Yeah. So if they're willing to pay a Terry McLaurin after, you know, a trade, maybe, maybe that's a situation, but if not, they're probably just going to come out of it with two rookies. I'd love Terry McLaurin just because he went to high school in Indy. Um, and we can talk all about the Jay Sternberger pick instead of him. I was going to uh, say Jay Sternberger every single time. It, it's like a, it's a triggering thing for Packers fans. Yeah. The, just the existence of Jay Sternberger at, at the same time as Terry McLaurin. Obviously, uh, Sternberger was picked one slot ahead of Terry. My brain always just goes, hey, Cathedral High School, let's go. Let's go, Terry. You can do it. So always happy to see him do well. If he's a Packer, that'd be great. I think I would say that I think it changes the kind of receiver they look for um, if they take Terry. Uh, I think so too, but I think their type of wide receiver, and I guess this is what we're talking about visits, their type of wide receiver, I think is changing a little bit. And I think it makes sense yeah. considering the fact that they no longer have to block on the perimeter for so many screens for Devontae yeah. Adams, right? Um, and I think we'll not, see a lot more inside runs, things like that. So you're not trying to get to the boundary constantly. Absolutely. And, and nub sets and stuff like that, which is, you know, you're divorcing the wide receivers and the tight end. So yep. your edge setter or your, your edge blocker, I guess, is now Mercedes Lewis. You don't have to get anyone blocked up beyond the perimeter, you know, outside of him. They have announced some of the visits uh, that, that have taken place. The Packers have 30 visits. It's kind of an interesting um mix of guys that they that they brought in and actually drafted uh recently so um Jamon Moore Jordan Love Marquez Valdez Scanling Josiah DeGuara J. Sternberger Kendall Donerson Oren Burks Kadar Col- uh, Holman and then they brought in guys like uh Tim Boyle who have signed like free agent contracts and stuff like that those guys are all people that they've had in Green Bay for physical visits um the Packers have 30 of them this offseason Five of them have been announced so far. Four of them are wide receivers, <laughs> not surprisingly. So Traylon Burks is the first one. He's a guy who should be available around 22nd overall. Please, um, please. He, he would be fun uh, to bring in. But some of the other guys, Tyquan Thornton, small wide receiver, right, in terms yeah. of uh, weight at the very least. He's 181 pounds, I believe, uh, was listed at the combine. He's an interesting guy. He's kind of like a vertical threat um who isn't super explosive off the line like he's gonna outrun guys who are in off coverage uh more than beat guys in man coverage just off of how explosive he is you know at the line of scrimmage um but he he can be a deep threat he ran a 428 i believe 428 or 429 at the combine Phyllis jones from tennessee is another guy who got brought in for a visit he is primarily he he was one of the weird guys who got a six year because of the COVID year. He originally yeah. was at USC. He transferred to Tennessee. He had, he was like an all purpose yards guy for them. Um, 
ended up doing more as a returner really than as a wide receiver, like in his overall career, but had kind of like a breakout year at wide receiver, uh, ran, runs fast. He's kind of like the thicker guy, like kind of what you think about with Packers wide receivers, mm-hmm. right? He's 200 plus can run, has some value in, in, in terms of that and, and can bring some, uh, value in the return game. And then George Pickens, the wide receiver out of Georgia, who one of our favorite prospects, I would say, just, we call him a dog all the time sprayed water at opposing players has thrown opposing players into walls shushes the sideline after just blocking cornerbacks you know into the dirt um and also catches deep balls and is just a prolific pass catcher so as he he didn't play much this past year because he was coming off of a spring acl injury so he essentially only played the playoffs but his film in, in previous seasons are good and I can only assume that they're like checking in on injuries and stuff like that with a guy like Pickens. If he clears, he would be a guy I wouldn't be mad about taking in the first round. You know, I 100% agree. I, I, there's so much to it. Um, you know, he, he has those like, you know, short air explosiveness. I think he's actually a pretty technical route runner too. I think he does a really yeah. good job of figuring out, you know, those turns and you utilizing a uh, defensive X blind spots, things like that. When he has the ball in his hands too, like people, he's six, three, man. Like he's a legit six, three. It's really hard for some of these defensive backs to bring him down. So he's pretty fun with the ball in his hands. And I will say, I just came away impressed with him at the combine because, you know, for as confident as much as he trash talks and, you know, being a bully, uh, I like that. It's kind of like a quiet off the field. Like he was very confident, but it wasn't like uh bravado it was just kind of like a quiet confidence and that really sold me on him I think he has like that mentality that someone like LaFleur is just gonna fall in love with you know if, if we see a run of wide receivers and a guy like Burks or Olave is there even at 22 I don't think it would be a stretch if they took him at 22 I'm not going to question their big board I'll be happy I just talked to uh Nicobe Dean for the SB Nation NFL Love show. that. Awesome. And Nicobe, we asked him, you know, who's who's the best player he's ever seen in Georgia practice? And it wasn't a question. Immediately he was like, George Pickens. Day one, oh. he came in, was kicking people's asses, and like he just did that the entire time. He was talking about, you know, they they had all these guys on defense um that he played with. You know, I mean, obviously Stokes had a great year. He was at corner at Georgia, was a first round pick, all that stuff. He was like, we couldn't cover him. Not once. I don't think we covered him one time his entire career in practice. And he also went against all those guys on offense. I mean, think about how many first round offensive linemen he's had to butt heads with. And he's yeah. still like, it's Pickens. Pickens was the best dude in practice I ever saw. So speaks volumes, man. I mean, the, the guy is talented. The, the issue has been injury for him. So, yeah. I mean, again, the fact that he was able to come back and played, you know, obviously not a ton of snaps in the SEC championship and the playoff. But, you know, the fact that he played limited reps with Stetson Bennett as quarterback and still made some pretty impressive highlight plays, uh, I, I think that speaks volumes to what he can bring to the table. Because uh, I definitely think he's one of those intermediate deep threat guys that especially, like, can also rely on as a blocker and is going to get in the heads of defensive backs a little bit. So, I mean, how do you not want that guy on your team? And the last visit of the five, so Traylon Burks, Arkansas, Taekwon Thornton, Baylor, Velas Jones, Tennessee, George Pickens, Georgia, those are all wide receivers. The fifth that has been announced is Sam Williams, the edge rusher from Ole Miss. I don't think we're a fan of him. No. Either on or off the field. Um, <laughs> yeah. He, he was arrested for sexual battery, I believe, uh, and then was reinstated. Um, yeah, felony sexual battery was an indefinite suspension. It lasted six weeks, and then he was reinstated when charges were dropped 
just before the season kicked off in, in 2020. He got an extra COVID year, um, helped his draft stock a little bit. It tested very athletically um, on paper. I don't think it necessarily translates to the field. So, yeah, I was brought- surprised by the athletic testing when you watch it. You're just like, it's not scream top tier athlete. Right. And he didn't get that many true edge reps because he was playing that four eye tech, which is like uh, the same thing as like Trayvon Walker, where everyone's mm-hmm. talking about his production and it doesn't necessarily translate to like yep. what he's going to be doing at the NFL level. But he was he's a guy who maybe they're bringing in just to vet, you know, the character concerns and, and see how it, what it's like moving forward. They've done this before with guys like Joe Mixon, Noah Spence, uh, Mixon obviously had the issue where he hit a woman, I believe in a bar uh, at Oklahoma and then Noah Spence, it was a drug issue. So they've brought in, you know, character red flags that they've interviewed before just to, you know, kind of understand what's happening there and then just decided not to take them. So the way they, the way they use those top 30 visits, it's interesting. It feels a lot different than the way a lot of the other teams use them, but it's probably they're always picking late in the first round because they're always performing so well. Right. Yeah. And they, it should, probably start trickling out that like they're bringing in like a ton of like udfa type of guys that like they're basically bringing in on like recruiting visits um but it is interesting that so far the guys that we've talked about the five that have been announced are all guys that are around top 100 i would say yeah uh, picks and most of them are wide receivers I don't hate the wide receiver part. Let's be real. I mean, especially yeah. the fact that they brought in Traylon Burks, man. I mean, uh, Tex and I have talked about this too. I mean, the man hunts hogs with a knife, like not guns. He, you know, <laughs> goes running after hogs. Like, how does that not scream a Wisconsinite? Like, I think, uh, I think Packers fans will fall in love with that guy pretty quickly if he ends up in Green Bay. Yeah, he's from Arkansas. Right? Yeah, he's, he's Arkansas. Cu- country, country. Um, we promised we were going to do a mock draft here. So what we're going to do is we're going to use the pro football focus mock draft simulator. We're going to go three rounds, which is five picks for the Packers, 22nd, 28, 23, 59 and 92. 53, and 53. Oh, 53. My bad. 22, 23 and 28. That sounds awesome. Let's do that. Got it mixed up. I can't read my own handwriting. It's the damn problem. Um, so we're going to go through those five picks. We're going to talk about who's on the board, what our thought process is, what we hope the Packers do, and uh, hopefully we don't mess up this draft. So catch us up on the other side of the break. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. 
Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. And All right. we're back. Justice. Who is the top fullback on the board? And do we take him at 22? <laughs> so let's get this thing started. We're definitely not taking a fullback. Oh, here, come on, man. Unfortunately. I don't uh, even actually, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've scouted a single fullback. And that makes me sad. Couldn't even tell you who the top one would be. Heartbreaking. I know Michigan State has one. So let's just go over guys who I think are relevant for the Packers who get drafted in this before the 22nd overall pick. We're running a pro football focus simulator. Um, number one pick, Aiden Hutchinson. Very shocking. I'm trying to think of who the top. So George Karloftis is going 11th. I feel like that's a guy oh, that wow. has maybe been talked about as a guy who could slip to the Packers. So he's not going to be there. First wide receiver off of the board, Garrett Wilson to the Minnesota Vikings at 12th overall. Then Drake London uh, from USC gets drafted by the Baltimore Ravens at 14th. Jamison Williams goes to the New Orleans Saints at 16th. Chris Olave, uh, Los Angeles Chargers at 17th. So there's the wide receiver run, right? Yep. And that's where it sucks to be drafting 22nd overall. And that's when you have to start thinking about, like, do we trade into the top 15 just to lock in to one of these guys? I think it's a real possibility at this point. I mean, because, you know, you see all these guys in the late teens that are picking, you know, even with this very weird Eagle Saints trade, you know, there is big needs at wide receiver for a lot of teams. So I think it's going to be one of those situations where, you know, if you start seeing two or three of these guys go, especially back to back, you know, I, I would imagine the Packers have all scenarios planned at the wide receiver position so that they're going to be ready for a scenario like this. So here are the top guys the guys drafted adp which is average draft position top 50 on pff's board for wide receivers still Traylon bricks arkansas sky Moore, western michigan Jahan dotson penn state and george pickens from georgia that's it and and Moore and dotson are undersized guys so the really it becomes how can you jockey for position for burks and pickens right and and, and that's really what it is the average draft position for burks is 26 the Packers' next pick is 28. You can't assume he's going to be there. So is this a scenario where you just take Burks or you look at some of the other guys who are available on the board, do you think? So the problem is we've talked about this before, too, is that as much as I love Traylon Burks, uh, my concern is most of the snaps that all these guys on the active roster at wide receiver are all slot guys, right? And I do think you need a guy that is a pure outside threat. But at the same time, you can kind of put Burks anywhere. Um, and I think utility is important. So... Um, if I'm just looking here at the other guys available outside of wide receiver, I mean, like Bernard Ryman is one I really think is interesting, but I don't know if he's a great right tackle fit. Um, I'm the surprised thing is he's old. He's like 24 already going on to yeah. 25. And the people, people always bring up that like Stokes is like the oldest first round pick that the Packers have drafted. And he like was like 22. Yeah. Uh, David Ojabo, you know, the torn Achilles, I don't want to spend a first round pick on him. If he's in the second and they're like picking at 53 or 58, I wouldn't mind that. 
Jermaine Johnson's one that really stands out to me here. You know, if he's still available, um, just because I do think he is a pretty prominent edge rusher. Um, he's got, and he can definitely help and run support as well. Um, do you think you can get some value in the second round at edge? I think so. Um, and then I think the other like Epiketti and yeah, you know, Mafe from from Minnesota, Paschal. Um, is a guy that's probably mm-hmm. going to be available at the end of the second round. Exactly. I, I think there's value on the edge more than other positions at that range. And I'm looking at my boy Jalen Petrie still on the board, but not not even close to the biggest area of need for the Packers. Um, I, I personally would, you know, again, he's my guy. I love Traylon Burks. Um, if we want to go with Pickens this early, I'm fine with it. Uh, if we want to go with an edge guy, that's cool. Um, yeah, there's a few I think options you gotta here. go perks i mean yeah especially since they brought him in for a visit right yeah if he's the last guy available i mean especially as a guy you want as your first pick in the draft i always think you know it, it is cheesy but you want a guy that's going to like sell tickets sell jerseys right and just his personality um just the way he plays just that's a guy packers fans are gonna be drawn to pretty quickly and get him in camo and like the uh, hunter orange oh my gosh they're gonna freak out oh yeah <laughs> So this is the other issue too, right? The Packers pick at 22 and then they pick back at 28, but there are teams that pick in between that. If you look at the, like the top needs for these teams on pro football focus, the Buffalo bills have wide receiver uh, as one of their highest, their one of their two highest needs. The Tennessee Titans have wide receivers, one of their four highest needs. They're picking at 25 and 26. So you can't assume that Brooks is going to make it past that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. All right, let's turn in the pick for Traylon Burks. See how happy with it. More than happy with it. See how the rest turns out. All right, so the picks oh. that have gone since then. The Cardinals went with Jeremiah Johnson at 23. So Jermaine. That takes, Jermaine, sorry. Jermaine <laughs> John, Jeremiah Johnson was a running back for the Oregon Ducks, which is what I just did. I know and, another Jeremiah Johnson that's a sideline reporter for the Pacers. Great guy. Shout out, JJ. And then Zion Johnson, who's kind of like a mm. Packers type of – uh, offensive lineman went at 27 right? to Tampa Bay. Let's make sure that point. I hate they just get a really good guard right away and just keep rebuilding that offensive line. So we can look at, uh, let's click this trade scenario. Mm-hmm. What can we get from a trade? Okay. The Cincinnati Bengals want to trade up. I don't, I feel like the Bengals, let's look at a different team. Bears, we're not going <laughs> to trade with them. So we, we have three teams interested in a trade here on, on this dang app. It's the Bengals at 31, which I feel like. It's not even worth trading back. Really, three picks, three picks. Yeah. Like you're still getting a first round pick. You still have to play with the fifth year option on that stuff. The Bears is the next team. They're picking at 39. We're not trading with the Bears. Point nope. blank period. We're not doing it. And then the Ravens at 45. I mean, let's see what we can get out of like. Yeah, right? I want to see what we can get. So if we trade 28 for 45, we can get 76. We can't get 100. We can get 128. So we can basically get the Ravens second, third, and I believe fourth round pick for 28. Is that worth it to drop 17 spots? Let's look at the board again. So Ryman, Ojabo. Hey, Sam Howell, quarterback Mafe. out of North Carolina. Yeah, I don't know. Look, if they take a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers is just going to quit. I mean, the dead cap tweets are, are going to go berserk for the next couple of years. I mean, I guess the question is, 
do you want to take an edge rusher here? Probably a little bit too early, right? What's the ADP on Ebiketti? Um, let me pull it up. The ADP on oh, Ebiketti is 41, which is just outside the range. So you can risk it with that or see potentially who can fall down the draft board. You end up getting three second round picks two thirds and you know, Josh Paschal is still out there. So you can, yeah. you can play some games with him. I don't hate it. Let's do it. Let's trade. I mean, I'm looking at the guys that are available and I'm just like, I'm not excited about any of them, you know, I, at this range. No. And, and that's kind of the tough part of this, uh, the tough part of this draft. So let's trade with the Baltimore Ravens. So trading the 28th overall pick for the 45th, the 76th and the 128th pick. All right, we got it. I think all the edge rushers. Oh no! Oh no! So they drafted. They <laughs> traded up for Ryman. Uh, Ojabo oh. got drafted 30th overall by the Kansas City Chiefs. Abiketti was the first pick of the second round by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mafe was the second pick uh, by the by the Detroit Lions. The the pass rusher out of the from the uh, University of Minnesota. Travis Jones is a relevant player. He's a, no, a, a nose tackle from Kentucky. He went 38th overall. George Pickens went oh. 41st overall by Georgia. Your guy Petrie, 42nd. To the All Colts. Right. I'll take it. I'll take the Colts getting Petrie. That makes me happy. Oh, that we just lost a lot of value, though. So the board just apartment. got destroyed. The board just <laughs> got nuked. So let's look at guys who are relevant for kind of Packers needs. I mean, Leo Chanel. Maybe as the guy to play opposite of uh, Devondre Campbell um, from Wisconsin. He's interesting. Chad Muma from Wyoming, another athletic linebacker. Ooh. Logan Hall. Logan Hall. Yeah, that one caught my eye. Logan Hall. Mm -hmm. So he is kind of like the five-tech type of guy. He is a growing body. He has just recently been – interior defensive line size very athletic guy out of houston i i like it i don't hate it uh yeah i think we should go with that uh that one feels like a no-brainer a 53 i mean getting him at 45 just off my board alone i'm sure your board as well like that seems like a really good value getting a guy like logan hall you know in the middle of the second round yeah i feel like he's a borderline first round pick so let's lock that one up Okay, this turned out okay. You know, we I think we saved it with a Logan Hall pick. The the Josh Paschal is going to have to come up in the next two picks because they yeah. still need an edge rusher. All right, guys who have gone off the board between pick 45 and 43 are uh, Chad Muma, basically. That yep. was it um, yep. in terms of, of relevance. So we're back up. Who? Let's look at the offensive line situation. I just saw Abraham Lucas. That uh, yeah, Abraham yeah. Lucas is there. I really like him. He's a Same. smart player. Um, the right tackle out of Washington State, so he's already played right tackle. He is a very smart guy who can handle stunts very well. High level pass protector. Maybe not necessarily there as a run blocker, but um, putting him next to a guy like uh, Royce Newman long term. I think helps Royce Newman because Lucas is a guy who can handle stunts very well. And Newman very much isn't. I mean, that's kind of like what the big knock on him has been. To be contrarian here, I mean, like if you're thinking long term with a pick like Lucas and you're just sticking him 
right tackle. What can I do with Elton Jenkins when he's healthy? Is this a guy that even if you play him at guard long-term, you know, is he want to get paid mm. like a tackle and that becomes a whole issue. That's a good point. So let's look at the wide receiver and edge market too. DeMarvin Leal is kind of a guy who would kind of be redundant after taking Logan Hall. 100%. Jalen Tolbert, I like. I don't know how he fits in Green Bay, but uh, he can scoot, man. He, he flies. Christian Watson is interesting. I mean, he's a guy I think other people like a whole lot more than I like the, the wide receiver yeah. out of North Dakota State. But his ADP is... 40 or 54 and a half we're at the 53rd pick the next pick is 53 or 59 so he's probably not going to be available so if if you want a second wide receiver probably has to be now and if you're not taking watson then you're rolling the dice on basically the very next pick justin ross right um in terms of the, the packer selections and all the medicals that come with the clemson wide receiver so how are you feeling about this? I mean, in my mind, with how the board is shaken out, it's Paschal, it's Christian Watson, or it's Abraham Lucas to me, just in terms of the needs and the value. That's tough. Do we want to risk and hold on and hope Pascal's there at 59 and go with Watson? Again, I'm not as high on Watson either. I think I tweeted this and got a lot of response, but like, we went from Christian Watson being one of the most like overlooked players in the draft to now being a first round pick. And we I'm went, like, we went yeah. from like, he had a shrine game visit original or a shrine game yeah. invite originally. I mean, that was a guy we were talking about as like, he could be a fourth round pick. And now people are like, he might go as high as like the Kansas city chiefs or something in the first round. So. I, I don't think he's going to be a, a, a impact player right away, but I think if he develops quickly enough, you know, he is going to have a role in an NFL team. Um, and he does a lot of stuff differently than what Traylon Burks does. So you're going to have some versatility there. And we're doing this draft kind of just assuming that we don't hear any wide receiver moves in the off season. Right. Right. So, you know, I can talk myself into that one and live with it, especially at 53, you know, if we're talking first round, that's where I'm like, I think this is just like, this has gone off the rails. Um, but if you're talking middle of the second round rounds, you know, that that's fine with me. Let's take Christian Watson and then hopefully Josh Paschal from Kentucky is still there. And, uh, we can talk about him a little bit. Oh, all right. Oh, I, I saw, I, I saw Cameron Thomas off the board. My brain edge and thought it was a uh, Pascal. We, we had Cameron Thomas, the edge rusher, and then Darian Kennard, who's a Kentucky player. So you saw edge and then immediately the Kentucky logo, which yep. is very bad vibes. <laughs> um, relevant guys who went off the board between 53 and 59. It's probably just Trey McBride, honestly, unless you count Cameron Thomas. I haven't, I haven't seen Thomas, so I don't really have. Oh, well, well, me and uh is it uh, John and our um, Slack are very high on Cameron Thomas, just high motor player. He just ran a sub seven free yeah. cone, which is like, okay, I need to watch it. I just haven't had the time. I've been watching the guys that uh, I've been getting the scouting reports on the players that have taken visits with the Packers. Yeah. Uh, I've been getting those posted up on the site. So hopefully we get a couple more with uh, Pickens and Vellis Jones. He's a, he's a similar, similar role player to, you know, what a, you're getting out of a Pascal, just, I think kind of a different uh, athletic, athletic profile so pascal's still on the board end of the yeah. second round if the packers can hit wide receiver twice interior defensive line and edge rusher that's good yeah 
That's, That's great. Uh, I do want to say just because the other guy I'm seeing right after Pascal as far as an edge rusher, uh, just below him is D'Angelo Malone. Watched him the other day. Uh, very interesting watch. He's just a very twitched up, like shifty edge rusher. Um, not, I haven't seen a lot of those guys in this draft, so I just thought it was very interesting to watch a guy like that where his main skill is like, if you're seeing me in the open field, you're not getting around me. The big thing with Malone is he's just small, right? Like he's, yeah. he probably played at like 240 something, which. Yeah. He's a speed rusher with some Twitch and he drops into coverage a little bit. So I was like, that's Mike Pettin's dream edge rusher right there. All right. We ready to uh, turn it. Yeah. Pick on oh Marshall? yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we should probably talk about him a little bit, right. Just as far as what he's going to bring to the table. But I mean, I've, I've been talking about edge rushers for a while and I was, or edge setters for a while at the edge position. And I remember watching that guy. I'm like, he's got great size. He can, you know, potentially play DN, but like he just shoots off the ball. And I think he has great uh, technique when he's, you know, engaging with these blockers and yeah, he's a heck of a rusher. And he could play all over the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Like he, he, he is the replacement for Zedarius if, if there is one. In Which draft. is so funny. Cause it's a Kentucky guy again. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's the Kentucky guys. It's the Baltimore Ravens type of guy. If they draft him, I'm going to be so mad if the Ravens end up getting Josh Paschal. Um, you see, yeah, you just I, went right after the pick. You see, you just went the pick right after pass before you. Oh, no. Quay Walker, my son from, from Georgia, who is now being talked about as a borderline first round pick in, in some of these insider mock drafts. Which, Would you want him in the first round? Look, you can talk me into it. Any of these guys that we, we talk, I mean, Paschal is another guy that like, look, if push comes to shove, he is good. Like we're, we're picking the player, right? Yep. If you can't find any sort of trade out, then yeah, like take some of these guys. In terms of relevant guys who came off the board, the Packers next pick is 76, which we got in the trade from the Baltimore Ravens when the Packers traded out of the 28th overall pick. The relevant guys who came off the board, Quay Walker, um DeMarvin Leal who is kind of redundant at this point with uh Logan Hall like we mentioned before your wide receiver Jalen Tolbert uh came off Abraham Lucas drafted 68th overall uh Justin Ross drafted 70 73rd so now the Packers are up at 76 I don't even know who's available right now so let, yeah. let's just take a look at who's out here and who catches our eye Channing Tindall the inside linebacker from Georgia still on the board um zach, zach tom, tom the offensive lineman from wake forest who's very much a green bay packers type of uh, offensive lineman is still there greg dulcich who's a good pass catching tight end can kind of fill out that robert tunyon role so there's some still some guys who are out here uh luke godecki i believe is how you say his name the the right tackle from central michigan um he tested out pretty athletically too if I recall correctly, and the Packers were there uh, for his pro day, also their offensive line coach. So there's some sort of interest there at Central Michigan if it's not uh, taking Ryman as a potential, you know, 24-year-old first rounder. I'd like to uh, I'd like to pitch you on someone, and I don't know where PFF has him graded. Okay, pitch me. Jelani Woods. The tight end. Jelani Woods is ranked, uh, his ADP is one uh 25.8 so it should be like the next round but relevant in this conversation he is a what a 10 out of 10 ras yeah, he is a 10 out of 10 guy, RAS. relative athletic score um very athletic guy he was originally at oklahoma state was a blocking tight end 
uh, transferred to Virginia as a grad transfer his final year there, played in a multi-tight end system and was kind of used as you talked about him as, as uh, Jimmy Graham, right? Like uh, yep. Packers era, Jimmy Graham. I, I take I, that in the third round. I I've said his upside is new Orleans saints, Jimmy Graham and his downside is green Bay Packers. Jimmy Graham. He was originally recruited as a quarterback, by the way, which is oh just my God. that big at quarterback. Yeah. That seems. That I just, seems unfair. we've talked a lot about the, how just unathletic and uninspiring this tight end class is like, and Greg Jules is just flying up just because he's a guy that can catch the ball. It feels like, but when I think about upside in this tight end class, like, I don't think it's anywhere close to it. It's just, it's Jelani Woods, man. And I, I know you've had some contacts that have talked about him going, you know, pretty high. If PFF, you know, PFF has Jalen Weidermeyer, who was a one out of 10 rest higher than Jelani. But I just think if you're looking at the guys that are on the board and if, if the goal, if they don't have a veteran addition at wide receiver and they just need to pump this offense full of weapons, that's my pitch. You know, we can look at other positions, but. I would, if they traded back and got a, you know, early third round pick and Jelani Woods was on the board, like that's a guy I would be pretty happy with. So essentially this trade would have been moving out of 28 to still take Logan Hall, which is roughly kind of the talent that you would have gotten at 28 anyway. And you got a free Jelani Woods. You're walking away from that pretty happy, right? Yeah. And then you still have another pick in the, um, is that fourth round, but we won't be picking that one, but you know, it's another pick. But we still have our original third too. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's take Jelani. I'll take it. Let's do it. Glad my pitch worked. I, I can be easily swayed. Don't, don't <laughs> trick yourself. Uh, the relevant- war, the war room with justice just sounds wildly entertaining. Justice. Hear me out. What if we took a quarterback or a fullback in round three? Yeah. All right. You, you don't need any pitch. No, no, that sounds good. <laughs> Um, relevant players who went off the board in between the Packers third round picks, Channing Tittle, Chindle, uh, the linebacker from Georgia, Greg Dulcich, the tight end from UCLA. So that, that was our tight end one. So if, if Jelani Woods or Dulcich weren't available for the next Packers pick, that would have been like all the athletic pass catching tight ends who are like relevant, I think Mm -hmm. in this class, in that role, at least, um, that is probably it. So that means we actually Zach got Tom away. Okay. Yeah. I think we take Zach Tom then we haven't taken, we haven't touched offensive line yet. No, we've already addressed a couple defensive players. And with how well you think about the defensive players that we just added, you know, Logan Hall and Pascal onto a defense that already has three corners and a linebacker, you know, like, plus you have Preston, Rashawn, Gary, and Kenny Clark. Like how excited are you just off that alone? Plus all the offensive help you're getting right now. Yeah, Exactly. So Zach Tom, Wake Forest, he's their left tackle. He's bounced around up and down the offensive line, um, can play multiple spots. So you're not having the same issue that you have when we brought up uh, Abraham Lucas, Lucas yeah. where, you know, he's right tackle only. This guy can play in multiple spots. So you can kind of play the games with uh, him and Elton Jenkins and uh, John Runyon Jr. and just kind of mix and match them. And then obviously, hopefully at some point, you know, Royce Newman uh, develops into something that you can kind of lock down. Maybe it's a camp battle between – Zach Tom and, and Royce Newman for playing time. That's probably the best scenario um, is not yeah. to totally move on from Royce, but just kind of add some competition, add some fuel to the fire. And in the short term, you can get all five on the field while, uh, you know, obviously Owen Jenkins is going to be starting the season on PUP due to the ACL tear. Yeah. 
Have you watched Tom yet? Because I still haven't gotten yeah. around to Wake Forest. You I like have. Him? He, he's athletic. He's a good pass blocker. He's very fun. Um, that Wake Forest offense, at least in the passing game, gives you some real reps, even if they're like run game slow yeah. stuff is very, very weird. Cool. I mean, that's our last pick of the – I feel great about this. I, I'll be honest, after the trade back and we lost Pickens and a couple other edges right away, I was a little worried. But, I, you know, if you told me came away with this, I mean, I would be absolutely thrilled. Let's go over the draft again just to recap for you guys. And, and PFF gives little grades so, so we can give the grades uh, to you guys immediately. 22 overall, we took Traylon Burks, the wide receiver out of Arkansas, a big-body guy, played in the slot mostly for them, had a huge – uh, you know, yards per route ran uh, metric when he was lined up outside. They just didn't do with it, do it with him very often. He was able to motion down to the line of scrimmage to play like kind of kind of tight end sets every once in a while, did stuff out of the backfield. So he's kind of like a Swiss army knife type of guy. Didn't run super fast, but his, his game speed is a little bit different than what he did, you know, in terms of the combine measurables. I think he was a 31st on the PFF big board. They gave us a plus, a B plus grade. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. I feel like that's fair. It might be a little bit of a reach to some, but for some, it would feel like a steal. I mean, I, I have a top 10 grade on Burks. Uh, also, I keep looking at my big board and I realize I've kind of just stopped moving things around. You know, I, one of my problems is I, you just hear too much noise. And so I've just, I'm like, I'm not touching anything. Like I feel confident in my evaluations and it's just so much. This is the worst time of the draft season, right? You just, you just, all you you don't watch anything you just hear stuff and it gets really annoying it's like what if this good player is actually bad have you ever have you ever thought <laughs> of that it's definitely that part of the draft season i heard someone said many people are saying that this guy isn't as good as you thought okay have you ever thought if Kayvon thibodeau wants to play football or not the, you know five-star prospect been packed pack 12 uh all conference basically just lived and breathed football for the past couple of years like i don't know it seems like he likes football I don't, Maybe. I don't get it. Um, we then traded out of the 28th overall pick for the 45th, 76th, and 128th overall pick. They gave us a B grade for that. feel like dropping 17 picks and adding a third and fourth is pretty good. Yeah, and you avoided the, the fifth-year option. Oh, that's a good point, too. Because that fifth-year option is only going up. Now, now that the way the CBA is, mm-hmm. it works out. It's like if you hit a Pro Bowl, like that number just escalates even more and stuff. Yeah. So it like it makes it so you don't want to draft high level Pro Bowl talents at the end of the first round. It's very weird. It's yeah. very weird in the way that it's set up. Um, that first pick, that second round pick that we got, forty fifth overall, we ended up drafting Logan Hall, who can immediately add to that defensive line rotation. I mean, he could be a starting defensive end for the team the way it's set up right now with Lowry him outside Kenny Clark oh my in the gosh middle, and that's the penny look that's the the three four base he can play interior he could play maybe kick on the outside if you want to play uh Gary on the inside you know every once in a while and like nickel looks and stuff like that he'd be a fun matchup guy I I would love to see some of the games they would want to try and play with him and Clark too I think you, you can get really creative with those too yeah that, that's that's a good pick. I was happy he was available there at 45 because if not, we probably sweat and panic pick. And, and that that B grade for the trade definitely does not end up being a B grade for the trade. 100%. 53 overall, we took another wide receiver, Christian Watson, who we weren't huge fans of, but he like fell down the draft board and you just simply were not going to get more 
wide receivers. Like the wide receiver run just happened so early that that was it. I mean, yep. so, so in theory, right. The Packers probably don't have another shot at another high end wide receiver, even with their first pick in the second round, the way that yeah. they settled out, unless you're willing to go with Justin Ross, who has a ton of injuries, um, ha- basically had his neck fused uh, last year. And then this past year had his season ended with a foot injury, which then led to him having like a, I think like a two point something RAS, um, which is obviously very not good, but he probably ran too early on that foot. Yeah. And this is, this is why I definitely get nervous about, you know, why don't we just, they just draft two wide receivers like, well, cause they might not get two wide receivers, you know, right. Unless you're They're, doing it at 22 or 22 and 28. Like, yeah. You might not have another shot at another guy. So, and and then you're missing out at the same time. You're going to be missing out on some potentially top tier edge guys or D line guys. So that's where it gets a little um, interesting. So you know, three weeks, three weeks to figure out the wide receiver position, so we don't have to justify taking two of these guys. So the Packers wide receiver room after this, it's probably Burks is wide receiver one, Lazard is wide receiver two some sort of battle between Cobb and Christian Watson as wide receiver three. I would assume Cobb wins that just early on. And then long-term it's going to be Watson and then Amari Rogers. So going into 2023, when Lazard is a free agent, Cobb is a free agent, your wide receiver room looks something like Burks, Christian Watson and Amari Rogers with maybe them adding a veteran at some point um, to, to kind of help them in free agency in 2023 or something. Yeah. That's uh yeah. It's better than what it looked like coming into this. Right? Yeah. It's better I agree. Than coming into it with, with uh, Amari Rogers is the only long-term contract that is signed to the team at the position. That and, and Watson could probably sad. save a roster spot too. I mean, if the Packers take Watson, Watson, is fast enough and big enough that he could play gunner or vice for the yep. team to the point that Malik Taylor then becomes expendable. And maybe you can use an, a fourth round pick on like a pure pass catcher that, yeah. that you can just kind of add to the team. That's where a guy like uh, Kevin Austin and Notre Dame comes into play or someone like that. Right. Exactly. So I think that if you draft a guy like Christian Watson as your second wide receiver, that keeps the door open for adding a third rookie. Which Wasn't Watson an all American kick returner as well. Yeah. He likes that. Okay. Are you there as well? Cause I don't like uh, Amari Amari. If he can figure out how to catch the ball on punts properly, I don't hate, but on kickoffs, I would much rather seeing like a long strider guy like Watson. Yeah. They gave us a B grade for that, by the way, Logan Hall was a C plus that's too low of a grade for Logan Hall. Damn it. Logan yeah, Hall is an A grade. If he's available there at 45. Um, last pick of the second round of our three picks, Josh Paschal from uh, Kentucky they gave us a C minus for that. That's absurd. Boo. He's a guy. He's a guy again. I think he should go like top 40. Honestly, he can yeah. play all over the line of scrimmage, fairly athletic, um, definitely athletic for his size, definitely athletic for the things that he brings to the table. He's just going to be that third guy who can play all across the line of scrimmage um, to, to combine with, you know, Gary and Preston and can give them depth. And with the retirement of Whitney Merciless, which just happened today, it looks like they're not going to have any depth behind those two guys going into the draft. They are going to need to get a, a pass rusher probably in the first two rounds. So I'm happy Kentucky's Josh Paschal was still there for us to take it at, at 53. 
think about how effectively we just rebuilt that front too. I mean, Logan Hall and Pascal on that, man, that gets me fired up. I'm excited. Uh, First pick of the third round. So this was 76 overall. The Packers don't actually own this. We got this in the trade back from 28 with the Baltimore Ravens, Jelani Woods. They gave us an F for that. Jelani (laughs) Woods is definitely going to go in the first three rounds. They have him ranked 141st. He's definitely going that high and he might not even be available there. So that's kind of dumb. Um, <laughs> I, I think Jelani, especially we've talked about it on the pod too. The combination of Jelani Woods in the same room as Mercedes Lewis is just a really fun idea where yeah. Mercedes just can coach him up. He has all the talent in the world. He's already a run blocker, like being able to kind of take what Lewis has learned on the field and, and build on that moving forward would be really cool to watch. Like I think I mentioned this uh, maybe to you. I don't remember if it was on the pod, but at the combine, heard a lot of very good things about him and the fact that he played through that ankle injury. Because uh, I would not have guessed he was playing on a bad ankle with the way he was moving out there. So there is a lot of potential there, uh, especially in the passing game. I mean, I just love the idea of him getting open on some route and watching a safety try and bring him down. Uh, it just sounds pretty fun. And even though he's a third round pick he's probably the first guy who doesn't contribute year one, right? Where Burks Mm -hmm. is probably wide receiver one. Hall is like a quote unquote base starter. Who's going to rotate into the game. Probably plays like 40% Mm -hmm. of the snaps. Watson is competing for wide receiver. Three can be a kick returner. Paschal is going to get, you know, obviously the third rusher role, but like without rotation, he's probably going to end up getting, I would say 40% of the snaps at the very least. We just have, they rotate in sub packages and all that. The way the Packers roster looks right now, Mercedes Lewis is obviously going to be the Y. DeGuar is probably going to be the second tight end. When Tunyon comes back, he's probably going to be the pass catcher. DeGuar will be the pass catcher in the meantime. I think it'll probably be like a redshirt year type of situation for Jelani Woods in a situation like this. But long-term, he's the Y. He's the replacement for for Mercedes Lewis, and he has pass catching upside. Yep. And – um. I think another thing that's very important to know for Packers fans is that he's one of those protectors on punt team too. Uh, he has plenty of experience doing that. And after uh, the way this, the season ended against San Francisco, uh, I imagine Packers fans definitely want a, a replacement at that spot. Yeah. Watson, Paschal, uh, Woods, maybe even Logan Hall, get them all on special teams. Every yeah. single one of them. They're all great athletes. Get them out there. The final pick we had 92nd uh, overall, Zach Tom. He will probably compete for week one snaps or probably actually start week one snaps with David Bakhtiari, John Runyon, uh, Josh Myers and Royce Newman. So he could potentially play like right tackle week one, depending on how him and Nyman compete or potentially uh, John Runyon even. And then long-term when Jenkins comes back, when he's off of POP, uh, which will probably be, I don't know what, like mid season next year. Um, yeah. We, we've heard nothing about his rehab. Yeah. And he, he got hurt in November. Mm-hmm. So typically, I, you know, I wouldn't assume he comes back before October. I would just assume he, he's out for September at the very least. Yeah. Long-term. The, the thing is he, he will compete with Royce Newman and depending on what John Runyon can get on the market, maybe replace John Runyon um, just based off of his kind of contract and how that works out, which would be a bummer, but you can't pay every single offensive lineman. Right. You, you, you just sink a $200 million in, in the offensive line alone. Yeah. It's, 
I love Runyon, man. I'll, I'll be sad if he walks. I hope they can find a way to get keep him. They gave us a D for Zach. Tell- I feel like they graded our best it, picks the his, worst. So it was the 92nd overall pick, and he's ranked on their big board 92, and we got a D. And one of the biggest Packers needs was offensive line. How does, this great, how does this grading system work? We need, to talk, we need to talk to all our PFF boys. We need to talk to Eager. Eager, what's going on with this? They also gave us – so we got – Two C's, two B's, an F and a D, and our overall draft grade was B minus. At hey, least t- give us a bad grade. Hey, Stick you tell me, tell me, we getting a B minus on a test? I'm walking away happy. Nah. This is this was an A draft. Traylon Burks, Logan Hall, Christian Watson, Josh Pascal, Jelani Woods, Zach Tom. That's that's the dream. That's the dream right there. And uh, maybe, that maybe was not even with- 22. 22. Maybe a faster wide receiver. And I agree. Then maybe an edge rusher falling at, at 53 so you don't have to take Christian Watson. But this, considering the factors out there and the fact that we couldn't trade up during this draft at all, about as good as you can make it, I think. And I, I, was, I personally was sweating after uh, we traded back and then saw all the guys we wanted to just immediately get scooped up. Just nuked go. every – yeah, everyone. I mean, so that kind of tells you a little bit about the depth – of this draft too, right? Where I, I we we were doing a mock draft for uh SB Nation NFL uh show podcast, and it felt like after the 10th pick, it was like the talent is fa- falling off of a tier a little bit. And then I felt like we were pretty firmly in that tier until right about 45. So that's kind of like what you think of like that second tier, right? So the yeah. first tier is the top 10-ish. The next tier is about to, to 45. And I feel like those tiers are always way more relevant than like round grades, you know? Yep. This is where if they don't end up trading up and they keep that 28th pick, this is where I'm okay if we had reached for Epiketti. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I also still, I'm just, I'm praying that Carlaftis falls to 22. You know, everyone will freak out yeah, if they don't went, take a wide receiver. He went like, but. what, 10th or something overall? Yeah. Which That's where I think he should go. Crazy. If he goes 11th, 12th, that makes sense to me. 11th, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a good player. I don't understand why he's... He's the next Ryan Kerrigan. Place. He's the next Ryan Kerrigan for the Commanders. It's perfect. It's so... It was Ojabo first. Walker, at least I, I understand him, him being jumped at least a little bit just because he's a freak athlete. Yeah. Then it was Jermaine Johnson, which I just don't understand at all. I don't, I don't think he's a better player than Carlotta's at all. It's, it's weird that people just, for some reason, can't wrap their minds around George Carlotta's is a top 20 pick. There's it's always another guy. It's because he's white and looks goofy and he's kind of boring. Aiden Hutchinson's going first overall. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. He, but Aiden, he, has some, he has some charisma. I don't like his charisma, but he's got charisma. I listened to Karloftis talk, and I, was, I fell, almost fell asleep, man. He's just a boring person. That's fine. He's a hell of a football player. I will take the boring play, good football yeah. player. Give me boring George. Give me boring George. <laughs> All right, you got anything else on the way out? Like I said, three more weeks, man. Uh, I don't know. We probably only have like what two or three more of these. Uh, we got to get a little more creative because uh, I don't think anyone wants back-to-back weeks of mock drafts, oh, unless no. something big happens. But I don't think it will. Terry McLaurin trade. I need it. Oh, oh my if, gosh! If, if Terry McLaurin is traded, we'll have an emergency podcast. Uh, keep it tuned to Acme Packing Company, the feed, the website. We have the pre-draft visits. Um, we're tracking all thirty. Hopefully, 
we, we have five that are announced so far. We have scouting reports on three. I got to work on the next two. So keep, keep an eye out for any of those stuff. Um, Whitney Merciless, I guess we just touched on this a little bit. Whitney Merciless retired. D- don't really know what to make of that. Um, he's obviously not coming back. The Packers are going to need to do something at edge rusher. Two guys isn't enough as we learned down the stretch of the season. They're just going to need depth, and depth on the line of scrimmage is something that they haven't had uh, or at least don't have on the roster right now, which is why we took Logan Hall and Josh Paschal in, in the second round in this mock draft. Hopefully they add something in draft, Tyler. Hopefully. But until uh, then – oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I Just a hot take when you have – what is it, like you know, four picks in the top 60? I think they're going to come away with some players. They need to. I, I need them – I need them to have this draft and not boring unathletic guys. That would crush me. Like if they draft like an unathletic defensive tackle or something with the first pick in the second round, I'm going to be hurt. I'm going to be very hurt. Until then, all we can do is hope. Three weeks. Three weeks. Can't wait. Until then. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.